Hi guys! Hello everyone! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk SIM. In today's podcast, the Clueless Newbie series, we will be talking about something relevant and practical to many, which is about getting around Singapore. Honestly, being a local student myself, I gotta say there are many hidden gems in Singapore that not many know of. So do keep your ears sharp and your eyes open. For an eye-opening experience with myself, Lawrence, your friendly year 2 digital media student, and with my lovely co-host, Chira, and I'm also a year 2 student in UOL Business and Management. And with us today, we have the lovely new guest, Hadia, who's currently a buddy in ISO Buddy Program, International Students Office, and currently enrolled in UOL International Relations. Hi, Hadia. How are you feeling today? Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm feeling very good today. Thank you. Yeah. How about you start with an introduction of yourself so that the listeners can know you better? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Hadia. I'm, as Ritura introduced kindly, I'm a buddy in the ISO buddy program. I study at the UOL International Relations course, and I'm in my first year. Um, I have lived in Singapore for four years now, and before that, I lived in a few other countries. So I would like to say I'm a truly global citizen. <laughs> what are some countries you've lived in? Um, before coming to Singapore, I lived in Hong Kong for five years. Before that, India for three years and Japan for seven years. Japan wow. is where I'm from, and I've always studied in the Japanese schools. So Japanese would be my first language, yes. Oh, nice. So, so is, am, am I correct to say that your passport is a Japanese passport? Yes, yes. I've never had to apply for a visa. It's very nice. Oh, <laughs> strongest passport. <laughs> okay, so how long have you been here in Singapore? Um, so this is currently my fourth year, almost going into my fifth year. I came in April 2019 to start the Japanese high school here. I think a passport very thick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's also it's like it's like she carries so many different cultures along with her, you know. Like yes. she's lived in so many different places. So mm-hmm. empowering. Which part of India were you from, by the way? So when I go visit my family, I go to Kashmir. But when I was living in India, I lived in Bombay, Mumbai for three years. Oh, I'm from Mumbai. <laughs> oh, wow. How oh, nice. my God. Which part of Mumbai did you live in? <laughs> um, I lived in Bandra and my school oh, was okay. in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, Santa Cruz. Okay, okay. Got it. Nice. Oh, yeah, I, so it feels go. so good. Yeah. <laughs> let's move to the topic in hand. ISO, okay. ISO yes. buddy program. So what exactly is ISO buddy program? Um, So the ISO buddy program is similar to kind of a volunteer program. So we um, introduce Singapore and things like uh, the school courses, also um, student pass, opening a bank account, these kinds of things to new students who come mm. to Singapore. Um, most of them are not really fluent in English or it's their first time living in a foreign country alone. Okay. So we help them with things like um, getting to their accommodation from the airport things like that and we get rewarded for doing helping out with these activities yeah Mm. you must have like a very um well-rounded knowledge about the places in singapore right because since you are in charge of bringing them around you kind of have to know your way through as well Mm -hmm. yeah mostly i lived and uh went to school in the west area so i'm not very familiar with the east but for west and central i can kind of take everyone around so that's what Mm. i do yeah yeah so would you say the ISO Buddy Program is very helpful in helping foreign students understand more about Singapore and how they can adapt to the life here in Singapore as an SIM student? 
Yes, definitely. And also for me, currently my buddy is a Japanese student who's just moved to Singapore. Um, he is also in the English language course, so he also needs a lot of help in languages. Mm -hmm. So not only can I help him in um, living in Singapore, I can help him in his courses too. So it's good, yeah. You know, um, on a daily basis, how often do you um, have to go out of the way to help your buddies? Because, I mean, um, when they're just trying to uh, get used to this uh, whole culture and like settling in, right? How often or how, like, what's the frequency of you uh, going out of the way to help them? Well, usually it's just a few texts every day, checking up, you know, how's, how's everything going? Was any trouble? Maybe once in a week or two, I will have to physically meet up with them. But um, depending on somebody's have relatives already living in Singapore, then with such kind of buddies, you don't have to help them as oh, much. Yeah. They already have people around. But some of them don't have any relatives or roommates, then you will have to help them out more, maybe a couple times a week. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So do you think that the ISO program has helped you like, has helped you understand Singapore better? Like, do you feel like you know Singapore a lot more? Oh, yes, definitely. And I also know what to look out for for the new students. Okay. I've lived here for a bit, so I kind of don't realize what kind of things might be shocking to a new student. But mm. now that I'm seeing a lot of things in these new foreign students' perspectives, I think I can be more considerate about that. Wow. Okay. So do you intend to become a Singapore citizen? <laughs> oh, I would love to. I wish I could get PR because I love it here. I want to work here too, oh. but it's difficult. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Just study for now, yeah. Yes. Wait, so is it um is it is it right for us to say that ISO kind of has evoked the sense of uh belonging for you in Singapore in the sense yes, that you yes. you kind of see yourselves living here for the years to come? Yes, definitely. Oh, I think, yeah. Okay, then that's a very good thing that I yes. <laughs> Okay, how about we talk about ISO and your degree? Okay, how is it? How how does it help and how is it related to this? Um, so my degree is in international relations. So I'm already uh studying a lot about how foreign foreign cultures work, how cultures relate to policies, um, how countries interact with each other. So when I'm able to attend ISO events and sometimes I can have discussions with these foreign students about how things are um, politically, economically in their countries if I get closer to them. So that helps me in my studies. And since my the subjects I'm studying are studied in different other courses as well, so I can help out my buddies as well. It's very nice yeah eye opening for them as well yeah definitely and um since you have spent so much time with like your buddies and all i'm pretty sure you have some uh better un understanding and a better idea about the costs um in singapore right the various costs paid transport living accommodation for people who don't have uh, relatives here how are these costs like so that the listeners can have a better idea all right. So I would say um, living in Singapore is quite expensive, but nowadays there are a lot of people who share houses such as roommates, co-living spaces. So I don't think it's really that bad. Currently, my buddy rents a place for around 1k a month, mm. just a room in a condo sharing with other people. Uh, as for transportation and food, I would say it's it's much cheaper than some other developed countries because hawker center food is really cheap and really good. Transportation is also, compared to Japan, very, very cheap. In Japan, I used to have to top up my card every week. Mm. When I'm in Singapore, I don't notice I've run out of cash in my card for like a month. So I think it's very reasonable here. Yeah. Okay, that's very different. <laughs> Wait, how much do you usually top up for your e card or do you use a bank card? 
Oh, I top up like fifty dollars. Ah. Okay, fifty dollars makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I top up about ten dollars every week at the end of the oh, week because okay, you okay. kind of need ten dollars per week if you yeah, travel definitely. every day. Ah, uh, you stay at the east side, lah, so it's more expensive. <laughs> 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 Wait, are you Eastie or Westie? She oh, says me. Westie. Yeah, best, best. I love West. Her. Yeah. So how how has your experience living in Singapore been like? When it comes to um the culture of Singapore, because you've lived in so many different places, so how do you think Singapore is the place that you're here to stay? Oh, um, the first thing I would say about Singapore is that the climate. I love the climate. It's very warm. Wow, first <laughs> a one. lot of people to say think that. it's too hot. It's too much. But um, in Japan, there's a lot of places where they don't have very good aircon even in the summers right. but in Singapore despite it being very hot outside uh, the schools and facilities have very good aircon mm. so you can cool off immediately when you get onto a bus or get in a building which I really liked um, the transportation is very cheap food is very cheap although mm. rent gets expensive mm. compared to some other countries where it was very expensive to live in a nicer place I feel like in Singapore you can get almost around the same rate for any kind of place that you live in which I really like um, I also like the culture that people are quite casual in things like what they wear, how they present themselves yeah. outside. When I was in school in Japan, I would wake up two hours before I had to leave to do my hair, to do my makeup. In Singapore, if I have a morning class, I just wake up like 20 minutes before and leave the house. <laughs> because no one cares. And I think that's so much better for me, for my self-esteem too. Mm-hmm. What's Definitely. your most frequent, uh, frequently used transport mode? Oh, buses. I love taking the bus in Singapore. Yeah. Night bus, right? It's so much nicer than MRT. I know MRT is much more convenient and faster, but I would just take the bus because I like it more. <laughs> I feel like MRTs tend to be a lot more crowded also. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Depending on the lines, it's very yeah, crowded. Definitely. I live in between the green line and the yellow line. Mm-hmm. Green line is always crowded. Always crowded. Line is nicer. <laughs> I don't know what's the difference. Yeah. I think blue line is my favorite though. Oh, blue line is nice. Downtown. And the brown line oh, that's nice. opened recently. Yeah. I love the brown line. I take, I go out of my way to take the brown line because it's so new. Mm-hmm. So, Hadi, are you uh, staying in a rental flat right now or are you with your parents? Oh, I live in my family here. My parents oh. and my sister are here. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, you save on a rental side. La. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but you're traveling alone, right? Most of the uh, time. Yeah, most of the time. Yes, yes. Hmm. Any funny stories? Any funny encounters? Oh, I would say creepy more than funny, but it is interesting. <laughs> creepy? <laughs> yes. Um, do you know on the red line, there's a station called Kranji? Yeah. War Memorial? Oh, yeah. We had to go there for a history class, but I was in the Japanese school back then. So it was me and a group of other Japanese people. Obviously, there is some history between Japan and Singapore during the war. The moment we got off the MRT, all of us got really, really bad vibes and nausea. So we turned back around immediately. And we didn't do the history project. Okay. So I realized that depending on some stations and some spots in Singapore, I mm-hmm. should not be there. And so that's kind of helped me out from exploring a lot of places. But I do realize most of the areas are quite welcoming to all people. Yeah. Bad juju vibes. <laughs> yes, yes, very weird vibes. Wait, so you've never been to Kranji after that? No, it was the one time I went and we were there for five minutes max. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Never never heard of this before. Yeah. Never really spoken to anyone who's Japanese as well. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, do you feel like um it's easy to adapt for foreign students here in Singapore? Oh yes, definitely, definitely. Seeing that most people speak English, mm-hmm. um, 
it's very easy for foreign students because that's the only language they have to learn. Mm -hmm. If, say, you go to India or you go to Japan, there are a lot of people who don't understand English, so you'll have to learn two languages. That way, Singapore is very nice. I did have a bit of trouble understanding Singlish, but now if my friends talk to me in Singlish, I join the Singlish gang. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Very nice. Proud moment. (laughs) I really do like Singlish. It's very homely. It has the spice, too. Oh, she just called Singapore homely. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I, I even, I mean, as long as, as though I, although I don't really speak Singlish also, mm-hmm. but sometimes with some friends, you tend to speak. Exactly, exactly. Alright, so this year you are currently in year... One. Year one, okay. So after you finish graduating and all that stuff, after you're done with your studies, you intend to work here in Singapore as well? That depends on whether I do get a job here or not. Um, if I don't, I'll probably do postgraduate here as well because mm-hmm. I really do like it here. Wow. Um, but also I have been thinking that the fees here are expensive compared to my home country, Japan. Mm-hmm. So I might go back there, but eventually, yes, I do want to come back to Singapore. I really like it here. Nice. Okay, okay. What's your favorite food here? <laughs> oh, I really like the school chicken rice. The school chicken huh? rice. Our school chicken rice. Wait, our school has chicken rice. Oh, okay. Is it the Coffee. one we set up with? Yes, yes, yes. Mm, it's very okay. hit or miss though. On some days it's very good, on some days it's very bad. So I go every day just in case it's good. And it's cheap and mm. it's filling. And sometimes I bring it home for my parents when we can't be bothered to cook. And uh, they enjoy the chicken rice as well. Yeah, I really like chicken rice. It's a joke amongst my friends that they want someone to look at them the way I look at my chicken rice. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ruchira? Do you like chicken rice? Of course. Yes. Where's your favorite chicken rice? That was my, that was my, uh, oh my God, actually my secondary school had the best chicken rice. My secondary school, which was, I I don't know if I should name it, but, (laughs) but I'm just saying that like, I think some of the schools, the stalls, the people Mm -hmm. who make Mm -hmm. the chicken rice from scratch, they're they're really good. Mm. Yeah, I like chicken rice too. I mean, if you guys out there listening out there, you guys can try the Lishun chicken rice. If you guys are interested in trying it as well. I mean, you you can you you guys can just search it up, like yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's the best nasi lemak though? I never, I don't really eat nasi lemak that much. What about mm-hmm. you guys? I just like nasi lemak very much. Okay. So if I ask him, he would know all the good places. But yeah. for me, I'm always a chicken rice girl. Chicken rice. So, yes. <laughs> that's right. Wait. Also, okay. So um, that's about food. Mm. But coming back to the uh, transport, um, you know, topic. What what do you um how long does it take for you to get to school? And what's the most like um common line that you take? You you mentioned green, is it? Yeah, I usually take the green or yellow line, but for going to school I usually take the bus. It takes me half an hour to 40 minutes, depending mm-hmm. on the day. Um I have one direct bus that goes to my school, but if I miss it, it's 20 minutes of wait. Ah, so I prefer to take a different bus and change in between because then I have more options to change. Mm. Which bus number is this? Uh, so it's 151 that goes from Kentridge to somewhere uh, oh. up north. But that goes via SIM, so I take that. But I have to take it from the Kentridge terminal that's mm. around where I live. Mm. So if I miss it at the terminal... I have to wait 20 minutes and the and it's not a nice terminal like the ones you have in Jurong East or like Central Asia. It's dead. There's nothing there. There isn't even a convenience store. So if I miss it, I just have to stand doing nothing. And there's no aircon, no fan. 
So mm. I'd just rather take a different bus, yeah. Okay, but honestly, in comparison to Japan, I must say Japan's uh, expenses are way more than Singapore. Yeah, mm. right? So, yes, yes. So for you, Singapore is slightly more of an, a better a better economical option, I would say. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at SIM, the fees are very reasonable for foreign students, mm. which is why the overall expenses are quite almost similar to Japan, despite me living in a foreign country, mm-hmm. which is why I would say it's much, much more reasonable. Uh, rent is much more expensive in Singapore, but all the other expenses are so low that it doesn't even matter. In Japan, although rent is cheap, I have to pay quite a lot for transport every day. Ah, yes. Because I have a friend who's from China, but she com- always complains about the school fees. Yeah, so it's subjective, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, but I'm glad I'm glad for you it's a, a cheaper option because not many of them can say so. so. Uh, uh, SIM is quite an exceptional case, which is why I recommend SIM to all my friends in Japan who want to study hmm. overseas. Because usually studying overseas would mean the school fees are three or four times the amount that I pay at SIM. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't aware that such options are available. Mm-hmm. So they kind of give up thinking that studying overseas is very expensive. So I show them the school fees that I pay and it's very, very reasonable, almost around the same as going to private university in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I think I wish people knew more about SIM in other countries because it's actually a really, really good option for people who want to study overseas. Okay, one thing, uh, Hadia, I think many of them want to know, how is the school life for a foreign student in SIM? Like, how is it for you and how do you think, uh, how do you think uh, others would see it? Mm, I would say that locals and foreigners both can experience a very similar kind of school life when mm-hmm. living in Singapore. Um, in classes, there is absolutely no segregation on whether you're a local or a foreigner. Mm-hmm. In other countries, if the main language used is not English, then foreigners will have a lot of trouble. They will have to attend extra language classes. That doesn't exist in Singapore because as long as you know English, you're very good. You can get by. Um, uh, I would also say that living in Singapore as a foreign student means that you cannot work because of the student pass, but that means you can spend a lot of time doing school activities. Mm-hmm. So you can spend, you can make a lot of different experiences which you want to do instead of having to earn money, having to worry about your shift, having to worry about the managers at your workplace. You can spend it all with your school friends, which is what I really like in SIM. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Also, you also that was about school life and academic life. Based on the buddies that you've showed around Singapore, right? What is the most common um, place of interest that they really like got intrigued about? You know, one place that's in common they kind of like preferred. Um, I took most of my buddies to the major tourist spots around Marina Bay Central area, but a lot of them stopped going there after the first few times, <laughs> and a lot of them spend time in their local shopping malls, <laughs> and also enjoy going to supermarkets. I also really like the supermarkets in Singapore, but the supermarket mm-hmm. near my house is two stories. They have a slanting escalator upstairs, mm-hmm. oh. and... Uh, I think in Singapore, ev- almost everything is imported. So you can get things from all over the world in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I really enjoy. I love going shopping in Singapore. And it's not <laughs> a nice, expensive kind of shopping. It's groceries, and I really enjoy it. Nice. Actually, I agree. Grocery stores mm. in Singapore, they're a vibe on its own. Like, you can have a day out in the grocery store. Exactly, yes. Yes. Very positive outlook about Singapore. What is one thing you feel like um, you hope that Singapore could improve on? Or you feel like could be better you know mm. may not be the worst but maybe you feel like can be better maybe in comparison to all your other experiences in other countries oh all right 
So when I lived in Hong Kong, that was right before I came to Singapore. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong and Singapore are uh, put together to be very similar cities. Similar, okay. yeah. But one thing I found very different is that Singapore has a lot of urban planning. They've invested a lot in making sure everything is accessible and clean. Mm -hmm. Compared to that in Hong Kong, there are a lot of places where you're really not sure where to get to the train stations. You don't know where to get to the bus stops. But I think that does add to the attractiveness of a city when you kind of can find hidden spots. And also a lot of, say people creating things on their own, as in painting their houses on their own, things like that. The out exterior of the houses can be different colors. Mm -hmm. I do understand that in Singapore, the government has made it a priority to make the city look very nice, beautiful. And although I like that, I also enjoyed going to places like Little India and Arab Street, where they have um, allowed for the spray painting of the walls. Yes. And I wish that would expand more and people could let out their creativity in the city more. Yeah, I agree with yeah. But one thing also that um, we, we want to know about is Singapore has so many transport lines, right? Like so many different colors. Do you feel like it is very easily accessible or do you feel like it's very confusing for yourself? Is it okay? I think it's very accessible. I love that they have the line maps everywhere. And I also like that there is no timetable for the train. During the peak hours, it will come every three, four minutes. Non-peak, it will be six, five, six minutes. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to look at a timetable and move around. In Japan, there is a timetable for the trains. And you have to look at that. This comes uh, at 8 okay. or 3 a.m. every day. Mm -hmm. So I have to get to the station by then. In Singapore, you don't have to worry. Because even if you miss one train, the next one will be here in three minutes. Yes. So I think that's <laughs> I think yes, that's the best part about MRT trains. And I also noticed that um Hong Kong and Singapore has the the train um system is very similar, right? Because when I went to Hong Kong, there were also a lot of lines, a lot of colorful lines going around everywhere. But I do understand, <laughs> but I do understand that they have that they tend to have more lines compared to Singapore. Do you think that is like um that is better in the sense that you don't really have that many lines because now the Brown line, I feel the um Thompson Thompson East Line. Yeah, Thompson East Line uh, has um kind of opened doors to like uh, different stations because the Great World, um, you know that that Great World City era. Yep. yep. It it didn't have a station before, and people had to take buses from the uh, normal train stations. What do you think? Do you think the extensiveness of the MRT trains are very like um confusing? Better, yeah. Oh, I would say that um. I don't take the brown line much except to get to Orchard. <laughs> so I'm not too sure. But I would say in Hong Kong, the extensive lines was also because there were two islands and other islands around the main area of Hong Kong, which is why the trains had to exist. In Singapore, it's just one big island. So even if you don't have a train service, you can always take the bus. In Hong Kong, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you have to take a ferry. Sometimes mm. you have to take an express train that goes under the water. That way, because Singapore is already just one island and more convenient, I don't think the extensive train network is definitely necessary. It would be nice if it existed, but even if it didn't, it's fine. Mm, the convenience of Singapore, right? Yes, yes. So mm. we're, you're pretty happy with the whole transport system in Singapore? Oh yeah, definitely. And I really like the bus. So even if the MRT didn't exist, I wouldn't mind as long as I can take the bus. Yeah. <laughs> but even though the buses tend to have like a very long interval time, I I used to, like you're still like Willing for the be. bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like the bus. I think that's what makes it fun for me because sometimes you get stuck in traffic. Sometimes 
the bus route is diverted and I never knew about it. So then I get off and take another bus to get to where I wanted to. And it's fun. I do have to leave quite earlier than I would if I would take the MRT. But I enjoy taking the journey just as much <laughs> as reaching the destination. Did you, did you just say that you enjoy the traffic? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> And it's not as bad as it is in India. Like Singapore traffic. Oh, oh, okay. I don't think we can compare Singapore's traffic to uh, India's yeah. traffic or like Hong Kong's traffic. Mm-hmm. But I think that in that department, Singapore is give a blessed. Definitely. Very little traffic. Only on rainy days, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which brings me, how is your um, feeling about the transport system on rainy days? Because I do feel that SIM is pretty far to get from like let's say some of the um inner um residential areas from even if it's in the west i really really pray that it doesn't rain every time it looks cloudy because outside my house the road is kind of slanted downwards mm-hmm. so it forms a really deep puddle mm. and the puddle extends out to the main road where the cars pass so when the cars pass with quite some speed the mm. water fl- splashes all over me and i have to go home and get changed and then oh, go no. to school. has it happened before <laughs> it has happened once I've... or twice and oh, on those days i gave up changed and took the taxi oh. yeah oh, okay. <laughs> it was horrible I can, see why, I can see why but i think the transport itself is good it's just some of the roads are a bit iffy mm. to work with around the rain but for the most part i also think that it rains more towards the afternoon and evening mm. in right so as long as I can get to class on time, I don't mind mm. how late I get home. Yeah. As long as I can get home at the end of the day. So um, just try to avoid the puddles and <laughs> take a taxi. Invest in a taxi some days if it's really bad. I think the whole way of like um, getting to SIM, even from the opposite bus stop, everything is sheltered. So yes. I think that's the best part about getting to SIM in a way. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much, Hadia, for this wonderful session. Richard, do you have anything to add on? I think that's about it from my side. Does Hadia have anything to share? Uh, no, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, wait, one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. Yes. Do you feel like the cab prices here are expensive? Like the Grab, Gojek, whatever it is that you take, compared, mm. to, your, to, compared to Japan or compared to other countries? How do you feel? Mm, I would say much, much more reasonable than Japan. Also mm. much safer. Japanese taxi drivers are very hit or miss. Some of them are very rude. In Singapore, all the taxi drivers are really nice. They make conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And because Grab and Gojek and those apps are also kind of commonplace, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the driver getting the wrong destination and you have to go around in circles trying to find your place because everything's on the phone, everything is on the map. Mm. So I think taxi is also much better in Singapore, yes. Mm. They're all friendly as well. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, and um, any tips you have for our listeners out there about getting around Singapore? Um, I would say if you're not sure, just leave the house. Just <laughs> let's go. That's the Let's best thing to do because there's always going to be a way. And also, I would say don't be too scared to get on the wrong bus. Even if you get on the wrong bus, it's going to end up at a terminal and you can take another bus from there. I agree. So I would say it's a good ex- opportunity to explore if you get on a bus, get on a train in Singapore. So just go out with as much time as you can spare and explore Singapore. And one day you'll get the hang of it. So just get out there. Nice. Very, very insightful from Hadia. Thank you so much. And one last question. One last question. In three seconds, okay? In three seconds. Tell us your favorite part about Singapore, okay? In three seconds, okay? Just three, two, one. Cheap, good food. Ah! 
Okay. Yes, but it depends on where as well. <laughs> Definitely, yes. I think all around Singapore, in a way. There are different mm-hmm. types. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much, Hadia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's about it for all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast episode with Hadia. Um, thank you so much, Hadia, for your lovely sharings. And thank you, Lawrence, for being a lovely co-host for this episode <laughs> as well. And um, basically, just whatever Hadia said, go on and um, get out of your houses. It's not like you're going to get lost in Singapore anyways. It's such a small country. So thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for our next episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Jira and Lawrence. Bye.